Wake up. It's the morning motivation with Brittany Daniel. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Friday. I hope you guys are doing well and that you are blessed. Good morning and welcome to the morning motivation. I'm your host, Brittany Daniel, and I hope that you guys are doing well. If this is your first time watching this live stream is just a daily dose of motivation. We talk about God, purpose, and all of the good things that God has blessed us with. I hope you guys are doing well. Happy Friday. It has been, an, uh, I wouldn't say an interesting week for me, but it, it, it was a good week. I've been blessed. So I hope you guys had a blessed week. I hope that you guys are ready for the weekend. I hope that you guys are ready to get some rest and some rejuvenation. I'm very excited for Sunday for church and all of that good stuff. But this week, or we are continuing to a purpose-driven life. I'm super excited about today's chapter today. It is all about service and how we can serve and why God has called us to serve and all that good stuff. But before we get started, um, we are going to go ahead and jump into our morning prayer. But if you want to purchase your own copy of A Purpose Driven Life, uh, the link is down below or you can go to BrittanyTheHost.com. You can go to BrittanyTheHost.com. Give me a second. Where'd it go? Okay. You go to BrittanyTheHost.com and enter to win your free book. We will be doing a giveaway announcement next Friday. Um, so make sure you enter at BrittanyTheHost.com. A pop-up comes up. Just fill that out and you are entered and you are good to go. Um, if you have entered in the past, I would enter again just to make sure that your name is fresh on the list so that you can win your free book. All right, but let's go ahead and jump into our morning prayer. Then we'll do our shout outs. If this is your first time watching in the live chat, go ahead and let me know where you are watching from. Get your get your good mornings in and your grand risings and all of the above so you can get your shout out. OK, so let's jump into our prayer. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for waking us up again for another day. Thank you for giving us the gift of life. Uh, allow us to walk in your purpose each and every day. Anyone that is struggling with depression, anxiety, I pray that you eliminate it right now in the name of Jesus. If there's anybody that does not know their purpose, if they are lost, confused, that you enter their spirit right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that anyone that's hearing my voice that will watch now live or later will get a word, a message from you, God, that they know that you will never leave their side, that they're always there no matter what they do, they can be redeemed through accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and that you can renew their faith, their spirit, and eliminate challenges and help them with discernment and, and any battles that they have, Lord. In your darling son, Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. So uh, let's go ahead and do our morning shout outs. Good morning, Ashley. Rich Rising. Ow. <laughs> Good morning, Felicia. Good morning, Queen. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Destiny. Good morning, Turquoise. Good morning, such a lady. Good morning, Cookie Cookie Monster. Grand Rising, Kiki. Happy Friday. Good morning, Melanin, honey. Good morning, Elle. Good morning. Happy Friday, Brittany. Yes, good morning, Norma. Happy Friday, Dia Dia. Good morning. Good morning, Purple Star Photography. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday, Jennifer. Good morning, She Amber. Watching from LA. Ow. Oh, you up early, Jennifer. <laughs> good morning to you. It's about 5 a.m. up over there. Good morning. And good morning, Tara. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, girl. 
Good morning, the Happy Housewife. I hope you guys are doing well and blessed. Um, I really appreciate you guys for waking up every morning with me or tuning in, whether you tune in now or later. I love when y'all show up live, but I understand life is life, right? Uh, but thank you for all the comments. Thank you for all the shares. Thank you for continuing uh, this time together. <laughs> Jennifer said, yes, child, it's early. <laughs> but welcome. I hope that you guys are blessed. All right. So we're going to jump right into it. Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. We are on chapter 29. Now, this chapter is good, y'all. This one is a good one, y'all. All right. So <clears throat> sorry, y'all. I've been uh, all week. I've been having a tickle in my throat. Like I don't feel sick, you know, but um, my throat's been uh, and I've been praying over it and been drinking my tea and taking my my echinacea and all my vitamins and stuff. So y'all pray for my pray for my health and I pray for your health as well. All right. So it says we are shaped for serving God. We simply uh, we are simply God's servants. Each one of us does the work which the Lord gives him to do. I planted I planted the seeds. Apollos watered the plant, but God who made the plant grow. And that is Corinthians three and five. And that is just the intro to this section of the book. So the book is broken down in four sections. Um, and this is the purpose number four. OK, so going into chapter 29, it says accepting your assignment. It is God himself who has made us made us what we are, given us new lives through uh, from Christ Jesus, from Christ Jesus. And a long and long ages ago, he planted that we should spend this these lives to help in helping others. Oh, fix it, Jesus. Hallelujah. Maybe I didn't wake up yet, <laughs> but here it is, Ephesians 2 and 10. And then the next uh, iteration in the book, it says, I glorify you on earth God com by completing down the, to the last details of what you've assigned me to do. And it's John 17 and four. OK. <clears throat> All right. So getting into the chapter, it's accepting your assignment. Everyone has an assignment on their life. And now I do want to distinguish between assignment, like your purpose or your ministry um, versus your job or your career. Sometimes we interchange those or we try to like hybrid them. They can be two separate things. What you do to earn money doesn't necessarily mean that that is your ministry. It doesn't mean that that's what God has called you to do. Um, one is just to make a living and earn money because that's how the world works. And one can be totally in purpose, just like God. Jesus was a carpenter. For the past few episodes, I've been saying Jesus was a shepherd. I don't know where I got that from. Jesus is a, was a carpenter. And for years, Jesus was a carpenter, but that was not his purpose or his calling on his life. That is how he made a living in his 20s before he started his ministry. Okay, so that's something to take note of. Because um, <laughs> the other day I was like, wait, Jesus was a carpenter. Why well, I kept saying he was a shepherd? I don't know. I think I got him mixed up with somebody. But yes, Jesus was a carpenter. OK, and it says you were put on earth to make a contribution. You weren't created just to consume resources, to eat, to breathe and take up space. God designed you to make a difference with your life. While many best selling books offer advice on how to get the, the book is quotes, get the most out of life. That is not the reason why God made you. Um, you were created to add to life on earth and not just take from it. God wants you to give back, give something back. 
This is God's fourth purpose for your life, and it's called your ministry or service. The Bible gives us the details. Good morning, y'all. So <clears throat> it says you were created to serve. The Bible says God has created us for the life of good deeds, good deeds, which he has already prepared for us to do. These good deeds are your service. Wherever you serve others in any way, you are actually serving God and fulfilling one of your purposes. Now, when you hear the word ministry, right, and then the book talks about it, sometimes we think about a preacher, a pastor, um, you know, in the church. When y'all ever hear me say when I start singing, I say, oh, that's not my ministry. You got to know your lane <laughs> and how you know what your ministry is and what you called to do is something that kind of comes natural to you, something that you you enjoy. Um, something that will delight your heart within the body of the church, right? So uh, whether it's uh, to usher, whether it's to volunteer with the children's church or the youth service, or maybe, uh, you know, a lot of men in my church do the parking detail, or they just help the pastor, or whatever way you can serve, even if it's not in church, say if you're not in church yet, right? Because I highly recommend you guys get back in the church, get physical Bibles. I really, really recommend it. It's been doing wonders for my life. If you guys know, you know, if you've been on Morning Motivation, you've kind of seen the change, right? In a very short period of time. Not perfect, but I can feel me changing through just being in the spirit, through be, being in a physical church. But if you are not in church yet, figure out what your ministry is. For me, it ain't God did not gift me the ability to sing, child. That is not my ministry. So me trying to be all up in the choir. <laughs> probably wouldn't do the best service. I feel like personally my service is with the youth because I can connect with them. Good morning, you guys. I can speak to them. I understand what they're going through because I remember how it felt. God has given me the gift of remembrance of how I felt in my youth. You know what I mean? So you got to know your lane. You got to know your ministry. Everything isn't for everybody. Y'all ever, y'all know the people like, I see this sometimes when people try to preach and that ain't really what God called them to do, because when they preach, don't nobody like really move, but they want to. So we got to make sure when we're serving, it's for the betterment of God, the church people, not our egos. Right. Because a lot of people want to get in the church when they get in the church, they want to start feeding their egos or they want to do certain things to feed their ego. Like I see a lot of people that want to be YouTubers and want to uh, want to be doing this. And that's not necessarily their ministry. They're more so better behind the scenes or maybe contracts or doing something else in the realm of social media or even running somebody else's social media. But they're not the so they don't have the gift. I feel like you have to have a certain amount of uh, a gift to be honestly to do what we do. But everybody wants to do it. So we have to make sure that you are walking in your ministry and it's okay to try something if you're not sure. And it's, and I'm not telling you if you're not great at it at, at the beginning that you should stop doing it, but know your ministry, be in your lane and do what you feel you are called to do. Y'all God did not give me the ministry of voice to sing. He gave me the ministry to speak and to, and to, cause I don't get fearful. Uh, uh, and, and I don't get fearful. Like I could be in a crowd of 50,000 people and that would make my day. You know what I mean? I don't get fearful in those spaces. So really think about what God has called you to do and where your ministry is and where you can better serve for the betterment of God, not our egos, not ourselves, but for God, because child, I get a mic, everybody leaving the church. They're going to be like, who let this girl pick up this mic and sing? <laughs> Singing is not my ministry. Okay. So you have to know 
where your lane is and where God has called you to do and God called you to be. He says, wherever you serve others in any way, you are actually serving God and fulfilling one of your purposes. It doesn't say, oh, you're done. It just says you're fulfilling one of your purposes. It says in the next two chapters, you will see how, <clears throat> see how God has carefully shaped you for his per for this purpose. <clears throat> For God told Jeremiah, sorry, y'all, my, my throat is tickling. Um, what God told Jeremiah is also true for you. Before I made you in your mother's womb, I chose you. Before you were born, I set you apart uh, for a special work. You were placed on this earth for a special assignment. Everybody has a special assignment. Everybody has a ministry, a.k.a. a purpose. And sometimes your purpose is not tied to money. I'm going to be very transparent with y'all. I do not make a lot of money on YouTube. I've gotten up each and every morning, Monday through Friday. Well, I took a break this summer, but I've gotten up every morning and I do this and I do not. Y'all, this does not pay my bills whatsoever. Like this helps my business run. The money I make on YouTube helps my business run. It pays for like the website. It pays for the little things. Um, but this does not pay my bills. So. When y'all see people that do this a lot, don't think that everybody's rich. Don't think that that's all they do. A lot of people have help. A lot of people, especially the ones that are married, their spouses kind of contribute. Some, there's a small percentage where they're balling. You know what I mean? Like they're making their money. They're good to go. That is not everybody on the internet. And I think that people, a lot more people need to be honest with that because the allure is, oh, they don't have to work that hard, which the ones that really make a lot of money on YouTube, they work very hard, believe it or not. Um, I think there's an illusion or an allure that, oh, I can do that. I don't have to work hard and I can get a lot of money. Y'all, there's a percentage of people that do, and there's a lot of percentage of people that don't. It, it's it's not everybody. Everybody is not fluctuating the same. And depending on your content also depends on this. My subscriber count went down when I started doing morning motivation. Okay. People was not checking for what I was talking about, but that's neither here nor there because this is my ministry. Does that make sense? So don't be fearful if you don't get the praise, if you don't get the accolades, if you don't get the money for doing what you do. And I and and, and it sucks to be that transparent sometimes because people are like, oh, you don't make no money. I'm out. You're not making money doing that. I don't care. And it's that's a sad part of the world we live in. But, hey, it is what it is. So make sure that you understand that just because you're called to do something and it's your ministry does not mean that you're going to get paid from it. Does not mean God is going to make you a millionaire overnight. You might have to do a ministry for the free and work. A lot of pastors preach and then they have a job. A lot of people do things in the church and still got to go to work. So don't think that just because you're walking in your purpose or you're it's not fair, but it is what it is. Right. Just because you're doing that doesn't mean that there's always a dollar amount attached. Sometimes the service means more and we're going to get into it. So I'm sorry to bust somebody's bubble and disappoint some folks. I'm just I'm just being real. Because a lot of people are chasing a facade that does not exist. And then they get heartbroken and discouraged and wondering why they're they think they're failing when on all actuality, you're 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 like most people that are doing this. OK, it says you were sir, you were saved to serve. It says the Bible says uh, it says the Bible says it is he who has saved us. And chose us for his holy work, not because he deserved it, but because that was his plan. God redeemed you so that you could do his holy work. 
You are not saved by service, but you are saved for service. Okay. In God's kingdom, you have a place, a purpose, a role, a function to fulfill. This gives your life great significance and value. So don't look at the dollar amount as a significance. God doesn't look, doesn't look at our paychecks, our pay stubs, and all of that as significant, right? That's, that's a human man thing. Man looks at you and be like, oh, that person is successful because they got money. You can be monetarily successful, but spiritually poor. And you can be spiritually rich and monetarily rich. Two can exist too. So I don't want you guys to think that because I have to sacrifice and be broke or poor because I'm sacrificing and, 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 and being in purpose in, the, in God. No, I make money other ways. My money, my wealth, my, my stuff comes in other ways. You know what I mean? So don't think that you have to be a broke Christian. That is not true. That is not true. You do not have to be a broke Christian. But what I'm saying is, just because you're fulfilling your purpose doesn't always mean, sometimes it does, but it doesn't always mean that your purpose is going to fulfill your pockets. Sometimes that's the sacrifice. Okay. Sometimes that's a sacrifice where you just make money other ways. Maybe you're an investor. Maybe you're a banker. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe um, you do something else. All right. But you still, we are still called to serve. It says it cost Jesus his own life to purchase our, uh, your salvation. The Bible reminds us God, God paid a great price for you. So use your body to honor God. We don't serve God out of guilt or fear or even duty, but out of our joy and deep gratitude for what he has done for us. We owe him our lives. So if we can't take a couple, you know, and I struggle with this too, y'all. I'm, I'm just getting there. Okay. So I'm not trying to. You know, but I'm letting you know that we owe him. So if it takes a couple hours out of your week, he gives us so much time to do what we want to do, to make our money, to live, to go to brunch, to do all of this other stuff. We can't get, got to give him a couple hours, right? Though salvation, through salvation, our past has been forgiven and our present is given meaning and our future is secured. In light of these incredible benefits, Paul concluded because of because of God's great mercy, offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God and dedicated to his service. The Apostle John taught taught that our loving service to others shows that we are truly saved. Our love for each other proves that we have gone from dead to life. If I <clears throat> if I have no love for others, no desire to serve others, I'm only concerned and and I'm only concerned about my needs, I should question whether Christianity or Christ is really in my life. So we're out there just only thinking about what we can get, only thinking about how something is going to serve us. Only thinking about what was best for us, we should really question if Christ is in our heart. You know, we hear all the time, me, 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 me. I've been there. I've been there for sure. You know, what can I get out of it? How is this going to affect me? How is this going to help me? We, we, we send people to the to the shacks. 
for not for not doing what we want to do. We discard people all the time because it's all about us. But it's the book is saying that if you have no love or no affection or no authority to want to really serve others, is Christ in your heart? Because Jesus was all about save service. Jesus was all about sacrifice and serving his people or people of the world. Um, <clears throat> if I have no love for others, you know, if everybody, you know, no new friends, <laughs> no desire to serve others, and I'm only concerned about my needs, I should question whether Christ is really in my life. A saved heart is one who wants to serve. Another term for serving, uh, serving God that is misunderstood most by people in the world is ministry, which we talked about. When most people hear ministry, they think of pastors, priests, professional clerking, and God says every member of his family is a minister. In the Bible, the word, the word servant and minister are synonymous and uh, as are service and ministry. If you are a Christian, you are a minister. When you are serving, you are ministering. Okay, so it's all about service. And I said, we, when you serve God, you become, you become satisfied when you serve yourself. This is something I wrote down. When you become a, a servant and you start serving, you start giving, you start doing, there's something that happens in you that really starts fulfilling you, at least for me. And I, I think that this is true for most people. But when we're focused on serving ourselves, when it's always like what we can get, what we want, when we want, that's when the depression comes because it's never enough. We can never have enough. You can go on a shopping spree, right? And buy everything that you want for yourself. And then the next week, you're unsatisfied with the stuff and you want more. When we focus on serving ourselves, it's never enough. It's always, we can always get more. We could always want more. But it's something very fulfilling that happens to our spirits and our souls when we start serving others. You know, when you do a good deed, it feels so good. You know, when when somebody says thank you for your help or when you give, you know, when you tithe and you do right with your money and you're being a good steward with your money, it's something good about giving. It feels good. It fills you up, at least if it's coming from a, of a good place, if you're doing it from a, a good place in your heart and you're doing it just to do it, not to get nothing back, not to get accolades, not to get a round of applause like the Bible tells us, don't don't serve you know, in front of a crowd, like, oh, look at me, look what I'm doing. It's not about that. It's about serving God and serving others. And it really does make you feel good. So when you serve others, you get full. You know, when I do morning motivation, when I, this is a part of my service, it's not all of it. This is a part of how I serve, right? I feel like when I do this and I'm giving of myself, I feel good. But when I'm in the space, when I'm in spaces where it's all about me, and I'm like, oh, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. And I'm only focused on myself and trying to fulfill me. It's never enough. It's like a, it's like a cup with a hole in it. It's just like I can, it's like you can constantly pour and pour and pour and it's just falling out the bottom. There's something very uh, interesting about us trying to serve ourselves versus serving others. <clears throat> This was said to the congregation years ago. Church is a building. Service is an action of obedience to the kingdom of God. Thank you, Miss Linda. Love that. <clears throat> Absolutely. All right. So it says when Peter's 
when Peter's, wait, wait, did I read this? Yeah. When Peter's sick mother-in-law was healed by Jesus, she instantly stood up and began to serve Jesus using her new gifts of health, that, using her new gifts of health. This is what we we're to do. We are healed to help others. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are saved to serve, not to sit around and wait for heaven. So we can't be like, well, I'm doing, I'm, you know, I'm good. I'm just waiting on Jesus. I'm just waiting on Jesus to come back. <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm just going to sit around. No, we are saved to serve. It says, have you ever wondered why God doesn't just immediately take us to heaven the moment we accept his grace? Why does he leave us in a fallen world? He leaves us here to fulfill his purposes. Once you are saved, God intends to use you for his goals. Y'all, the, the first part after accepting Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the first step. Then it's a whole nother world after that, right? Anybody that's been through it, it's something like as soon as you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, even if you don't really start acting on it, like it took me a long, very long time to get here. Remember, we talked yesterday about things taking time for me to get in this place to talk about God the way I do took took a long time in and out, in and out, in and out. I'm no, I'm not holier than now. You know what I mean? I had my journey still on it. But. What was interesting is once you're called, once you accept Jesus Christ and your Lord and Savior, there's a new responsibility on your life. You can't just sit back and be like, oh, I'm good. I'm saved. <clears throat> what y'all going to do? <laughs> it's like now you have to step in and start serving and start doing and start doing work there. Now there's a new, new, new calling, a new responsibility on your life. It says you have. It says, have you ever wondered why? Oh, I already read that. My bad, y'all. You are called to serve God. Growing up, you may have thought that being called by God was something only ministers, pastors, nuns, or only full-time church workers experience. But the Bible says every Christian is called to service. You, your, call, your call to salvation includes your call to service. They are the same. Regardless of your job or career, you are called to full-time Christian Christian service. A non-serving Christian is a contradiction in terms. So I'm saying if you're, it, it, the, what this book is saying, it, and I know I've talked about this, right? We've talked about um, being burnt in the church before. At least we, I have, right? I was burnt. I was, I was in church at one point a few years ago. I was serving I was on the minute I would show up for the volunteer projects and I was burned by the church. So I immediately withdrew myself and was like, oh, no, no, I'm good. Um, but if we are non-serving Christians, if we only go to church, if we only go pray, if we only do that, but we're not serving in some capacity, in some capacity, this book really calls us to serve in church. And I understand that everybody's at their different levels, right? If you haven't made it to physical church yet. How are you serving? If we call ourselves Christians, how are we serving? How are we showing up? What are you doing in your life, in your world to serve others? What is God calling you to do? What is your ministry? What are you doing? Are you just feeding yourself with the word, you know, watching some stuff, reading your Bible, hallelujah, and going about your day? I've been there. 
But how are we, we're being called to serve. So how are we serving, right? Uh, it says the Bible says he saved us and called us to be his own people, not because of what we have done, but because of his own purpose. Peter added, you were chosen to tell about the excellent qualities of God who called you. Anytime you you use your God-given abilities, your ministry, to help others, you are fulfilling your calling. The Bible says now you belong to him in an, in an order, in order that we might be useful in the service of God. How much time are you are you being useful in service of God? In some churches, oh, it says in some churches in China, new believers are said Jesus now has a new pair. Jesus now has a new pair of uh, of eyes to see and a new ears to listen, new hands to help with, and new hearts to love on each other. How are you being called to serve? It says one reason why you need to be connected to a church family is to fulfill your calling to serve other believers in a practical way. It says the Bible says all of you together are Christ's body and each other you, uh, excuse me, and each, each one of you is separate, is separate and necessary part of it. Your service is desperately needed in the body of Christ. It says, just ask any local church. And that's so true. That's why if you start going to church, every church service, they were like, Hey, sign up for a ministry. <laughs> they were like, sign up for a ministry. Cause they need help. Y'all, if you are called and you are a Christian, I urge you to get back in church. And I urge you to start. I urge you to start, uh, start being in, in service. I sign, I, I'm signing up. I already signed up. I said, let me get a couple more services in because the service is a good chap. I said, let me get a couple more services in, but I, I'm, I'm signing up because I have a calling. We are called to serve. Now, here's the thing, right? And this came to me while I was reading this. A lot of us have been burnt by churches, right? A lot of us used to be in church and were serving and was doing God's work, but something happened and it made us withdraw from the church. And I understand that. But you can go to another church. We spend a lot of time saying, don't bring old baggage into new relationships, right? Don't, you know, what the, what the new man did or the new woman did was not what the old person did. So don't let the new person, don't let the new person in your life get beat up or, or, or take the, the punishment of the old person. The same is with church. Don't let the new church be responsible for what the old church did. You have to heal. You have to forgive and you have to move forward and allow yourself to serve in a new church. Don't don't punish the new church for what the old church did. You let the old church go. All right. And I, and I came to terms with that, too. I was like, why am I trying to punish the new church in my new space in life with something that happened years ago? A lot of us have not gotten hit healed from that church pain. We holding on to that church pain. We holding on to that gossip, that shame the ridicule, whatever you went through, you know, the, the miss, the misunderstandings of those old folks or those old people in that old church. And we're holding on to that. And we're using the same level of understanding for churches moving forward. We wouldn't do that in relationships. You know, we're, we're cool with letting the old boo go and healing from the old boo healing and working on ourselves to move forward with a new relationship, but we won't do that with church. 
So when I was coming, when I was thinking about this, I was like, oh, why don't we do the same thing? We don't. Right. So I'm, I'm urging you and encouraging you to heal whatever happened at that old church and don't punish the new church or your new experience or what God is calling you to do now because of stuff of the past. You know, we're older now, we're wiser, especially if it happened when you were a kid or when you were a teen or you were in your youth or in your early 20s. You know, that was a whole different version of yourself. That was a whole different time, a whole different region, probably a whole different city and state altogether. So don't let that old church and, and, and anything that happened in your childhood or whatever the case may be, hinder you from your service, hinder you from what God is calling you to do. Move forward, forgive, heal, let go and move forward into your new purpose and new time because God is calling us to join churches. He's calling us to be back and part of Christ's body. If we are called, if we call ourselves Christians, y'all, a part of Christianity is being in a body being in one. It says Christ's body. We are all, all of us together are Christ's body and each one of us separately is a necessary part of it. Y'all these, the good churches, they need help. They need people who want to serve. They need people who want to do, they need people who want to stand up and, 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 and get in and get their hands dirty and, and do some real work. And no, there may not be a dollar amount attached to it. Sorry, that just ain't, this, God didn't promise us that. That ain't just how it works. That's what your job is for. That's what Monday through Friday is for. Okay? That's what that's for. And uh, a lot of us, we you don't want to miss your blessing. And you don't want to be called account. And it's just going to get into that. All right? Because we don't want to serve or we've been burnt by the old church. Can't do that. Um. Uh, Kiwan says in retrospect, do you know, do you now think you overreached or did you, uh, legitimately feel they burnt you? How did you get past it? Ooh, that's a good question. So what happened was, <laughs> and this is funny. So what happened was I was attending a church and it's a little petty of me, but I felt the way I felt at the time. So I was attending a church and I was by myself. I was in my mid twenties. I want to say, right. I was about 24, 23, 24, something around there. And I was heavily involved, right. I would, I had my own spot in the church. Like I would come sit on the second row. I was at Bible study. I would show up to volunteer projects. Like one, one Saturday we were um, giving away clothes or we had like some sort of like some kind of minute, I would just show up and I would serve. Like, and I really felt good. I really liked the church. I liked them. I liked the church, right? And I had stopped going for a little bit because I was really going through something. You know, when you're young, sometimes you feel like you have to withdraw, or sometimes spiritually you feel like you have to withdraw. For whatever reason, I was going through stuff and I had to withdraw from the church. Um, and when I went, when I came back. The preacher made the preacher was preaching and maybe he just wasn't talking to me, but he looked at me. So I felt the type of way. And he said, you know, some of y'all can be real cute, but y'all don't want to serve something of that, something, some sort. And he looked at me. That's how I felt like it was personal, because it wasn't like he was scouring the, the, the congregation. He looked at me and maybe he maybe that just was how I perceived it at the moment. Right. And ever since then, I was like, oh, you don't even, you didn't ask if I was okay. 
You assumed I was doing wrong when really I was going through something. And that could have been my immaturity, right? I could have been over overreacting. I don't know. I never got clarification. <clears throat> I wasn't mature enough in that season to be like, hey, were you talking about me? Or, hey, let me let you know what I was going through. I just was like, I'm out. And there were a few other instances throughout my life. Like one time um, I left a really good church because I ended up, and this is why I say, be very careful when you date in church. And and, and um, if you do find a really good church home, don't be bringing everybody you date with you to church. Like you should, and, in my, and this is me personally, I can't speak for y'all. For me, church is like my house. Church is my sacred space. So I'm not about to just bring anybody up in there. You're not about to bring anybody in your bed. You're not about to bring anybody in your house. So because what ended up happening, I was dating somebody in the church. Everybody knew we were together because he was a local from the area and um, we broke up. And because we always sat together again, for whatever reason, I love the second pew. That was just my little area. I don't know why. I, that's just I'm always called to the second row. But we sat together every Sunday, second pew. People knew we were together because it was a very small church. It was a very small town outside of my college. Um, his family, one of his 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 mother-in-law was like a deaconess. So everybody knew we were together. He had got saved in the church. It was a whole thing. So when we broke up and we were no longer together, it was awkward. Right. So I stopped going because I was just like. So that's why I said, be very careful. Like, don't be dating all up in throughout the church. Like, unless God told you that was your husband for real, for real, not what you thought God told you your husband was, but like you got signs and, and you gave it time and you allowed it. <laughs> be very careful with that. So I, I, that was another church that I withdrew from because of things like that. So um, I got past it just by growing up and maturing and going, okay, maybe I overreacted or maybe I shouldn't have done this. And just you learn, you grow and you move on and you go to different churches like those churches. One church was not even in the same state. The other church is not even in the same city. So now just getting older and understanding that. Like, don't just don't be dating in the church like that for me. <laughs> this is not unless you know that's your husband. Don't, don't be dating in the church like that. Or, you know, now I know that. Now, as a as a older and wiser and more mature person, and that's why we have to mature when we are no longer children, we put away childish things. Now I would be like, hey, preacher, were you talking about me? Because this is why I want you to know I, I haven't been around. Like I would then stick up for myself and, and have a conversation versus assuming or versus just, you know, whatever the case may be. And I know some people have even, even worse experiences, whether they were talked about, whether they were ridiculed. So don't <clears throat> allow past pains and past experiences keep you out of the church. Now, find a new church, find, you know, something, something that you want to do and get back in the church. <laughs> so that's my story. So thank you for asking, Kiwan. Um, Miss Linda says we are one body, but many members, each member of the body, metaphorically speaking, has purpose into helping other parts of the body. Exactly. But what this book also speaks on that, right? We're all one because say if you were a part of youth, say you were the, say you were a part of uh, the youth ministry or like children's church, right? That's a very important role. The, the person that's in charge of the, of the children's church 
um, is a very important role. And what if it's only one person, but you really love children? You can go in there and help so that person can get some relief because sometimes that person may want to be in real church with the adults, you know, and without children's church, you can have a lot of disruptions. Excuse me. The adults don't get the time that they need to to focus on the word and focus on the Lord because they got to tend to their children. So you can if you are a person that loves it, loves children or youth, you can give that person relief and y'all can interchange. Does that make sense? Like everybody needs each other in the church. Um, if nobody is, it shows up in their ushers, who's there to help people during service. So service can just flow. Who, if, if you have a, a ministry of production, like my church has a whole production staff, right? Where one person's behind the camera following the preacher so that the people that are watching at home and around the world can get the word. What if that person just is like, you know what? I don't want to serve no more. Then the preacher can't really preach effectively and his message can't function and flow out because there's nobody there to do that part of the ministry. So just because you may feel like your part is insignificant or small and what the book talks about doesn't make it so. You may be just what that church needs to function properly. We are all one and we also when we all serve. It helps out the greater good and, 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 and fulfills God's purpose. OK, thank you, Percy, for the super chat. I appreciate it. Um, he says, good morning, Brittany. And this is my number one problem with church. You miss a few Sundays, Sundays and they assume you're doing wrong. Uh, uh, you miss two months and now you're on drugs or no longer. Well, then you're just a, I'm sorry. You're just a part of the wrong church. You're just a part of the wrong church. And sometimes it takes going to a couple until you feel called to stay. Until you feel moved to stay. Every church is not created equal, unfortunately. You know, there are people that mean well. You know, there's probably been times where people done came on morning motivation and was like, oh, this ain't for me and left. You know what I mean? Everybody's walk in space and time is different and everybody's human and they're learning and they're growing. So don't let one experience, like I said, it's just like this. Think about think about church like dating. Right. If you go on one bad date. Are you going to not date if you want to be married? If your goal is to be married and find your purpose mate and find the, the man or woman of your of God, that God has called you to be with to be glorious in, in him and walk and have a, a fruitful family. Right. Just because you went on one bad date, maybe somebody was trifling or they was they were ignorant or whatever the case may be. Are you not going to keep dating? Because that one date was bad. Are you going to be like, you know what? I'm done with dating. I'm not going to date them. No, because you're, you want to get married. The goal is marriage, right? The goal is salvation. The goal is purpose. The goal is, is fulfilling what God has called us to do. So don't let one bad date, one bad church, one bad experience hinder you from getting the promise of God, for fulfilling God's promise for your life and fulfilling his purpose. We have to, we, they're synonymous. We have to kind of look at them the same way. So, okay, they may make assumptions. Those are those people, right? We have to forgive. We have to pray, heal, and move on and move forward till you find something that calls you and speaks to you. So you're not going to get your husband and your wife because, because, because James done got it wrong or James mistreated you. No, you're going to pray, heal, move on. And keep dating until you find your purpose made, until you find your husband, until you find your wife. You're not going to let Sarah or Ashley 
jack up your future. So you just going to let your future wife go off and marry somebody else. You just going to let your future husband be married to the wrong woman because you decide to stop dating because you like, you know what? God, I went on one date. I went on two dates. I went on three dates. I went on four dates and this ain't for me. No, you're going to keep dating until you find your husband or your wife. You're going to keep going to church until you find something that calls you and sticks to you. And I know that process can be a little weary. You know, it, it is it is what it is. Maybe maybe you'll get it like me and get it on the first time. Maybe you won't, but you don't allow people to keep you from the promise of God. Just like you're not going to allow bad dates to keep you from your husband or wife. Okay. Um, thank you, Ms. Linda. No role is too small. Uh, Kiwan says, I literally signed up to the, pro to do production at church. I was sick the last two Sundays though. And that's okay. That's okay. You know what I mean? We're human y'all. And we ain't going to get it right. We're not going to get it right every time. God knows that we are human, that we're working on it. But as long as you just continue to show up and do you, and if anybody assumes, you could be like, hey, now that we grown, grown, we could be like, you know what, what really happened? It's okay to stick up for yourself. There's a time to be quiet and there's a time to speak the truth, to kill rumors. No, what really happened is I was sick the last two Sundays. So I hope you forgive me. Or you could communicate, hey, I'm sick. I won't make it this Sunday. I hope somebody's there to cover me. Or, hey, Sarah, I know that you are part of the production ministry. I'm really under the weather. I'm not trying to expose the congregation. So I'm going to be watching from home. They understand we have to communicate. You know what I mean? Same thing with a relationship. You're not just not going to show up for the date. You're going to be like, hey, I'm not feeling well or, hey, I'm sick or, hey, you're not going to you're not going to leave your friends hanging when you said you were going to meet them for brunch. So let's not let's not act like church is a whole different relationship. We're still human, y'all. We're still functioning the same way. Um, hey, Brittany, your last pat your last. And that wasn't my last pastor, by the way. I had been to other churches after that. I just hadn't been serving. I was just like, I'm just going to show up. I'm going to sit in the back. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm going to pay my tithes. I'm not getting involved. I've even said that on morning motivation, like, oh, be careful about getting involved. We're called to get involved, y'all. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me, that wasn't my last church, but that was, you know, an experience I had why I stopped serving in the church. So, Percy says, hey, Brittany, did your last pastor, did you let him know you he offended you or did you just leave? I'm asking because one time I did approach a pastor uh, off something that he said. At the time, I just left because I was offended, but I was younger. I was a little, I was way more immature. I did not have the communication skills and the know-how I do now. Does that make sense? Like as we mature and we grow, y'all, we change and we evolve. So back then I just wasn't mature enough to handle that kind of conflict, to handle that pressure, to even say, hey, pastor, <clears throat> so-and-so, were you talking about me? You know, I didn't even have the know-how to confront the situation. But now that I'm older, more mature and wiser, the Bible says when we are no longer children, we put down ch childish things. You know what I mean? So as we mature and evolve and as you gain different skills, you have to use those skills throughout your life. So I can't go back and blame myself at that stage in my life for doing something a little immature because I was immature. <laughs> I'm, I'm grown now. I'm, I'm, I'm way more. I don't have childish ways. 
Does that make sense? <clears throat> Excuse me. Y'all, my throat, child. And I'm sorry that I'm all in the mic with the, eh, my bad, y'all. Um, Miss Linda says accountability uh, through and through. Absolutely. So we have to hold ourselves accountable. We have to call things out. We have to speak up for ourselves and, and say what it is and say what it ain't and communicate. Now that we're older, we're wiser, we're more mature. We have to move through and communicate, but don't allow things of the past to keep you from what God is calling you to do. And the whole point is to serve. So whatever it is that God is calling you to do, whatever your ministry is, keep serving, keep being in the word, keep doing your part. Um, let me read this real quick. Um, okay. It says for Christians, for Christians, I can't speak for other religions. For Christians, service is not optional. Something to be tacked into our schedules if we can't, uh, we can't spare, if we can do spare time. We can't use service like oh, I'm gonna serve, you know, when I feel like it. I'm gonna serve. It's not volunteer work. We are called to serve. Yeah, we volunteer, but we are called to service as Jesus came to serve, to give. To those two verbs, excuse me, should be defined should uh, should define your life on earth service and to give are two verbs that we should be doing as christians all the time it's a serving and giving up giving some up uh oh excuse me serving and giving some up god's fourth purpose for our lives mother teresa once said holy living consists in doing god's work with a smile Excuse me, Jesus, fix it, Lord. Who in the name of Jesus, fix it. Jesus taught that spiritual maturity is never the end in itself. Maturity, maturity is for ministry. We have to grow, we have to mature, we have to grow up. We grow up in order to give out. Okay, it is not enough to keep learning more and more and more. If we just learn in our Bible, and we can fool with the spirit on our own. That's a part of Christianity. The other part is to serve and to give. It says we must act on what we know and practice what we claim to believe. Impression without expression is depression. Study without service leads to spiritual stagnation. All right. Study without service leads to spiritual stagnation. It is not okay just to fill our own cups up with the word. That's a part of Christianity. We are called to service as the last thing many believers need today is to do another Bible study. They already know far more than they are putting into practice. Um, it says what they need are serving experiences in which they can, can exercise their spiritual muscles. It says serving is the opposite of our natural inclination. It is not natural to just want to do it. You have to be called, but it's something that happens when you claim Jesus as your Lord and savior. When you start getting into the church, you don't feel right seeing all your brothers and sisters serving and you don't serve. You don't, if you, if you really feel, and this is me, I can't speak for y'all. For me, I cannot sit and watch my sister pass out tissues and my brothers in the parking lot and my preacher on stage preaching and the people in the pulpit playing, playing the guitar and my brothers and sisters up there on production. And all I do is come and sit down and get the word and go home. It, it 
The same thing is if you're you go to somebody's house, right? One thing I love about my friends when they see me throwing a party or they see me having guests over, they always say, is there anything I can do to help? You know, if you see somebody struggling, you see your friends doing something, you're like, is there anything I could do to help? If you're not sharing your friends, your friends um, clothing line, or if you're not certain, like if you just come, I'm sorry, I'm gonna say this. If you just come to Morning Motivation, you don't like, you don't comment, you don't share, you don't subscribe and you just come and you feed yourself and leave. That's selfish with anything. If you only come and only focus about yourself with anything that is giving you good stuff, you are being selfish. I've been there. I've been very selfish in my life. You know, come to a party, you don't bring nothing. You don't thank the cook. You don't, you don't contribute. You don't ask if you could clean up. You don't say, hey, how can I help you? If you don't contribute to the facilitation of the festivities, <laughs> <laughs> you are being selfish. So ask yourself, what are you doing to be of service to one another? If you see your brothers and sisters doing good work, if you see your parent or whatever the case is called as a Christian, you are called to serve. Ain't no ifs, ands, buts about it. And before we get out of here, I got to read this. I skipped around, so make sure you guys get this. But it says the Bible. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It says one day God will compare. Okay, it says, uh, okay, okay. It says the Bible says each of us will have and to give in a personal account to God. Think about this, right? It says one day God will compare how much time and energy you spent on ourselves compared to what we invested in serving others. At that point, all of your excuses for self centeredness will sound hollow. So if you go up to God, God is going to say, with everything I gave you, all the gifts I gave you, all of the money I gave you, all of the influence I gave you, all of the, uh, the blessings I gave you, what did you do with it? Right? How did you serve my people? I gave you all those gifts for some for you. But how did you serve my people with what I gave you? And all of our excuses of self-centeredness will sound hollow. Oh, I was too busy, God. I had my I was focused on my own goals, God. I was preoccupied with working because some of us, y'all, some we too, we too into our work and money and get into the bag and having this and having Balenciaga and having we so consumed in the world that we forgot to serve. It says, I was too busy having fun. I was too busy at brunch to go to church, God. Been there. Oh, I was so busy at the club. I overslept. I was tired. I was, I was hungover. And I'm not judging you because I've been there. I was that. I, I had my own goals. I was over preoccupied with working, having fun, and preparing for my retirement. And all of those excuses, when you give God all those excuses, he will respond, sorry, wrong answer. This is what this book is. It ain't me. This is what the book is saying. Sorry, wrong answer. <clears throat> I created, saved, and called you and command you to live life of service. Okay? What part did you not understand? Can you imagine having that conversation with God on his spiritual iPad, looking at you over his spiritual glasses? So you was you so you you was too busy to serve because you was at brunch. You were too busy 
to tithe because you wanted that 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 new wig. You were too busy to 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 come see about me and my people because you was doing what? You were asleep. <laughs> I'm not judging. God over here with his with his glasses and his spiritual iPad judging us and myself on that day. <laughs> To all excuses, God will respond, sorry, wrong answer. I created and saved you and called you and commanded you to live a life of service. What part did you not understand? The Bible warns unbelievers he will pour out his anger and wrath to those who lived for themselves. Y'all, I am. Y'all better. We, we got to wake up. We got to wake up. And again, I've been there. So I'm not I'm not judging you. But what I'm saying is. We as Christians, if you are called as a Christian, we have to be of service. It says, but for Christians, it will mean a loss of eternal rewards. I'm not trying to lose my reward because I'm being selfish right now because I'm worried about Balenciaga and a new weave and new fashion Nova clothes and, and brunch and mimosas because it's the same music. Let's, let's keep it real, especially if you live in Atlanta. That's why I don't even go to brunch no more. It's the same menu. With the same music, with the same mimosas, with the same hungover headache, with the same, with the same, with the same, with the same. After you done been through it a couple times, you done did it. You, you can do it. It's the same thing. You ain't missing nothing. I'm telling you right now, you ain't missing nothing. <laughs> okay? And you ain't missing nothing. It says we are only fully alive when we're helping others. Jesus said, if you insist on saving your life, you will lose it. All the me, 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 I got to get to the bag. Uh, 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 e, e. It's cute, but you don't want to, I don't want us to miss our blessing or miss our calling or miss our lives or miss that service. And we don't, because the thing, this is the thing, so we think we got time. We think we have time. And I know I'm going over. If you have to go to work, have a beautiful and blessed day, but I got to keep going a little bit. Got to keep going a little bit. I mean, we think we have time, y'all. We think we got all that. We don't know when God is going to call us. I've been, y'all, I have been so blessed for this season in my life. Because if God would have called me in the season when I was twerking on headlights <laughs> and, and being at brunch and not worried about God, not going to church, not paying my tithes, not doing what I was supposed to do, I would have been up in, in heaven. Like, I've been in that line, nervous. He, wait, what, what does God ask about? God asked how, how you serve. Oh my, it was all about me. My, my YouTube channel was about me. My money was about me. My, my, my relationships were about me. Me, me, me. Oh my God. What am I going to tell God? He asked you what, when you get up there, he asked you what you do for him. Okay. Um, it was that one time where I, 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 I volunteered and it was that one time y'all, we don't have time no more. And it's not to be fearful. It's not to be fearful. I don't want us. And, and my preacher says something that really resonated me with me. I don't want us to be like, oh, God is calling coming back. So let's 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 uh, straighten up the house. Let's no. Nah, he already sees us. So I don't want us to live in fear. And it's interesting. I was watching. Um, there's like all of these documentaries because I've been doing a little research. Right. And there's a lot of people are talking about revelations and the end of the world and everything that's coming about. Right. And I was going to watch this documentary. That talked about revelation and how the world is going to end. And then I stopped and I was like, God, when it comes to all of that, just take me. At that point, just take me. I don't even want to be, I'm not bad. I don't want to battle. I don't want to, I don't want to be, I'm not trying to cling to my life. Just, 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 I don't want to see none of that. Just take me before that time so I could be 
up there with you or we would we got to do uh, I don't want to do all that. And what brought me peace is because now I'm starting to do what I feel like I've been called. And so that's how I want us to live. I want us to be so spiritually on point and not perfect. We're never going to be perfect. There's going, you're going to slip up. You may slip up and curse. You may have a, you might drink a little too much. You might smoke the sweet. That ain't what I'm worried about. I want us to be good with God. I want us to be walking in our purpose, reading our Bibles, doing what we feel God has called us to do. So then when we do get in that line, you like, oh, I already know what God is going to ask me. I'm straight. I'm straight, shawty. And you can get up there and God is like, well, what did you do with what I gave you? God, I did this, this, this. I did my best. I did what I knew how to do because he's going to look at the pureness of your heart. Right. Even if you made a mistake, the Bible says God is going. God knows the, the purity of your heart. He knows your heart. So it's not about I do what I want to do. But as soon as you hear what you're supposed to do, as soon as you read. That's why we got to be in our word. As soon as you read what you're supposed to do, as soon as you know and take account of what you're supposed to do, you got to do what you're supposed to do. When you know better, you got to do better. Right. I thank God he did not call me in my selfish season. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. That's why I always did that prayer. Lord, don't 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 let me go too far left, too far right. Please keep me at all times. Even when I was sinning, please keep me, Jesus, because I know I know I'm not doing right, but please keep me. And I know that that's 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 contradictory. A hundred percent. But I was always like, don't let me go too far left, too far right. Please keep me because I don't need to go way over here and I don't need to go way over here. I just need to be just right here. Just keep keep your eyes on me. Stay. I'm going to stay where you can see me. <laughs> I'm going to stay where you can see me because I don't want to go too far away from your, your covering, away from the blood of Jesus. I don't want to get too far out there. I'm going to stay. I'm going I'm to go outside. But I'm going to stay like in the front lawn. I'm not going to go down the street and around the corner. Right. So. Whatever we are called to do, I want you guys to make sure that you're doing what you feel God is calling you to do. I want you guys to make sure you're reading your Bible. I want to make sure you guys are going to church. I want to make sure you guys are giving your tithes. I want to make sure you guys are putting down the bad habits that are keeping you connected to him and connected to the Holy Spirit and all of that thing. Because when you get up there, it's just like, okay, I'm good. Like, we're about to end. Shoot. Cool. I was waiting on this because it's getting ghetto down here. Lord, I'm right. Like, we can, we can, I'm good. You know, I don't want us to be in, in line nervous. Like he going to ask you, he going to ask us what? Oh, shoot. Uh, in 1995, I did that thing. And then in 2012, I did, I want us to have a laundry list of service, a laundry list of how we use our gifts, a laundry thing. I want us to be so full with our gifts and what we've done and, 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 and being called to serve that God will be like, all right, all right, all right, cool. You, you, you right. All right. You good. Come on. <laughs> like, oh, oh God. Okay. So last Thursday I did this. And then on Wednesday I did that. I want us to be excited to tell God about what we did. Right. I want God to be like, it, I want us to be like, oh, I can't wait to tell God what I did down there. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready for my, uh, I'm ready to take account. I want us to be happy, not nervous. So think about that. Think about that in your life. What do you need to do so that when you have that conversation with God, you are excited. You are ecstatic to be like, shoot, I'm, I should be good because I did this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this. Okay. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that, y'all. <laughs> we are here to serve one another. Absolutely. That's spiritual because I feel like God keep up with the time. And I feel like for in my brain, right, 
when we are called for whatever reason in my brain god got this spiritual ipad he got them spiritual glasses sitting on the bridge of his nose and he like all right what you do with so i gave you the gift of speech how did you use it i gave you the gift of singing how did you use it I gave you the gift of 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 production. How did you do? How did you use it? I gave you the gift of 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 loving children. I gave you the gift of of non-judgment. I gave you the gift of understanding. I gave you the gift. How did you use it? And I and them glasses gonna be sitting there like them in my mind. I don't know. <laughs> in my mind. And I want to be like, God, all right, so last Thursday, this is what I did. And then I told like, that's, I want us to be excited y'all. I want us to be enthralled with being able to tell God what we did for him and, and tell God how he, how the gifts that he gave us, we used and we tried to change the world because you can't change other people, right? We, he's not going to say, did it work? He's not going to say what came out of what you did. He's going to just ask you, what did you do? So as long as the attempt is pure and it's good and it's not because we're like, oh, I got to go serve. Oh, I got to go to church. Because you might as well not do it at that point. Like God says something in the Bible and y'all correct me if I'm wrong or if you know the the the, the passage. It's something in the Bible says, if you're not going to do it with a full heart, you might you, just sit down. Just If you got to, if you're going to kick and scream and be like, Oh, I got to pay my tithe. Oh, I got to go to church. Uh, if you got to, if you're going to do it like this, you don't, just don't do it. Just, just, just sit down. Just wait, wait till you're called. <laughs> go have a seat. <laughs> don't even do it. You know what I mean? Don't, don't kick, don't kick your feet. It's like, oh, I guess I got to do this. You can just, 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 just wait. Just wait till your heart is, is, is maybe you ain't ready yet. <laughs> wait till your heart is soft. <laughs> wait till your heart's a little soft. Um, uh, <laughs> amen. We are here to serve absolutely royalty. Thank you, uh, Coach Monique's Kitchen. Thank you so much. Um, Percy said, LOL, I love when you dance. That <laughs> tells me you were a dancer back in the day. When in, wait, look, old folk, in my youth, I used to get jiggy with it. I can't dance no more, y'all. I got a cute little two-step, but I feel like the older I get, the more offbeat I get. There's something about, and then the older I get, the more my shoulders sh shake. Like my booty used to shake, now it's my shoulders. So, <laughs> ah, y'all, I'm getting old. I feel, I feel like an old woman inside sometimes. Like people are like, Brittany, you're not that old. I feel like either my spirit or my soul has been here before. I feel, y'all, I'm grade early. I just feel like I'm an old woman on the inside child and they say you as old as you feel so like people were like oh you look 20 blah 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 <clears throat> i feel like i'm about 72 now i'm just playing <laughs> i feel like i'm about 72 on the inside <laughs> thank you thank you destiny i appreciate it yes yeah, self-reflection is key man self-reflection is key how can we be better stewards and better better with what god has called us to do Destiny says, I literally have to rewatch today, yesterday's message. It was so good. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, oh, good question, Rosie. How do you know your calling and your purpose? Well, one, you got to pray about it. One, you got to pray about it. And it's a, it's like a yearning. It's a, it's, I would say your, your purpose is something you do. Actually, look, it's tied to your gift, right? So your gift is something that comes naturally to you. Something that just you may overlook your gifts because they're just so easy. Like 
if you can sing, like some people can just sing, like they open it and the bravado, all of that is just God has just blessed them with the vocal cords to sing. He did not do that for me. So that is not my ministry nor my gift. But for some people, it's singing. Some people it's because people can be delivered and healed through through music. Right. Some people it's it's instruments. They have their inclination to music. They just have a gift. Some people it's speaking. Some people it's you have a gift of teaching. Some people have a gift of 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 understanding, of empathy. Like I'm very empathetic. Like I can always understand why somebody made a decision. So I'm very non-judgmental in that way. Like I can be like, oh, I could see why they did that. I can I can make an kind of sounds like an excuse. I could kind of I can kind of understand where anybody's coming from. So I also have the gift of empathy. I have the gift of uh of not being nervous in front of crowds. Like some people they would fall out and faint. That does nothing. Like, so you have to see where God has given you gifts and through your gifts, how do you use that for his purpose? But the only way you know God's purpose is by prayer is and, and by things that you enjoy, right? They think about the things that you enjoy and how and what feels good to you. Like for me, ushering would I wouldn't do ushering with with joy in my heart, but I would help the youth ministry with joy in my heart. You see how my even facial expression change. So think about what is in the church that you would do, do with joy in your heart. It's better to do something with joy than to do it with disdain. Because it's just like, it's just like you wouldn't want, you want your boyfriend or your girlfriend to do something that they like to do for you just to do it versus like, here you go. You asked for this. Like nobody wants that. So think about God in the same way. But it come, your purpose comes through God. Sometimes your purpose can change. Sometimes people's purposes are to be mothers. Sometimes people's purposes are to be husbands and 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 and, and leaders. And everybody's purpose is it is different in different seasons. So the way you know is by asking God and looking at your gifts. What God? What did God place within you naturally uh, that you may be overlooking? Um. Yes, Miss Linda. Absolutely. God asks. All he does is ask for our best. He doesn't ask us to be perfect. He doesn't ask us to get it right all the time. He asks us for truly for our best. And as long as you show up and do your best, God knows your heart. Right. Uh, Diamond says you hit the nail on the head with what we think we have time. I just had a friend pass away and he was only 23. Gave me a reality check. Yeah, we think we have time. We think that we could be like, F-R-E-E. I'm going to get to church late. Don't worry, but I'm going to get to church in my 30s. Might not make it. Might not make it. I'm sorry for your passing. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry for your loss. But yes, I lose, I've lost a few people in my life where it was just like, whoa. I first found out that life was short when my friend passed away at 21. One of my best friends from high school passed away at 21 from cancer. Y'all, we don't know when, when, we're, when, when we're out of here. So make sure we're doing while we're here. Let's make sure we're doing what we need to do. And I actually just had somebody that I knew pass away. And I don't even know if he was 30 yet. If he was 30, he was like fresh 30, like 31, 32, maybe lawyer, dope individual, but he passed away. So you just never know when God calls you home. So we got to make sure that we are doing right, right now and doing what we feel like we're called to do right now. Miss Lynn said, we got to go. We have, we don't have to go. We, oh, we get to go. We don't have to go. What do you mean? Get, tell me what you mean, Miss Linda. <laughs> she said, quit. 
uh, your faith and believe in Jesus Christ as your ticket to heaven. However, life is much more enjoyable when we live according to God's word. Absolutely. But that's just a part of it, royalty, right? Like, I think that there's there is a, a myth that people are like, oh, I accepted Jesus Christ. I'm, I believe in Jesus. So I'm good. There's a little bit. So you get the, if the layers get thick when you start really knowing the purpose, that's a part of it, right? <laughs> the shoulders. Thank you so much, Happy Housewife. <clears throat> We're going to close up soon. I'm just me reading the last few comments. And look. Thanks <clears throat> to Jesus. Sorry, y'all. And look at what. Oh, I like this. This is very true, uh, Kiwan. Thank you for saying this. And look at what you like to do as a child. It usually translates. Absolutely. So um, <clears throat> for um, for Rosie. Yes. Um, look at what you like to do as a child, too. I like that. Thank you for that, Kiwan. I appreciate that. Oh, church, Miss Lind. OK, yes, we get. To, I love that. She says we get to go to church. We don't have to go. Ooh, come on. You're right. We get to go to church. Amen. And honestly, when you find a good church, you be ready to go to church. OK, I didn't always like church, like depending on the church, I'd be like, oh, OK, it's cool. But I like going to churches that I enjoy. So find a church that you enjoy. Find a church where you like the praise and worship, that you like the message, that you like the preacher, that you like you like how you feel when you're in church. Like if you in church and you seeing things and you hearing things that don't feel good in your spirit that are a little funny because every church is not created equal child you might want to exit stage left and just find another church okay <laughs> jennifer says yes it was a game changer for me when i moved out here to la god led me to one la church and now i serve as a volunteer i love one la oh my god that was my church before i went to the church i physically go to that's the church that i uh watch on 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 youtube for about two years um, it's a beautiful thing building. Yes, absolutely. Shout out to Pastor Torrey Roberts, Sarah Jakes Roberts and the one LA team. And they're, they're, now they're the one church team, um, across the, across the globe, but shout out to them. Great church. If you have not found a church home yet, go uh, check out one LA or, or TD Jakes church, but the Jakes family, man, and the Roberts family, they are just a powerful bunch. So make sure that we're at least listening. If you haven't found a, a good church home, home yet, man, just listen online. Um, but One LA, oh, I love that church. Shout out to you, Jennifer, and your church. They are amazing. Great messages every single Sunday. Yes, you guys, like, comment, and subscribe. I appreciate it. But you guys have a beautiful, 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 blessed weekend. You guys be safe. God, I cover everybody here right now in the name of Jesus, that they have safe travels, that they are safe and protected over the weekend, and that they come back on Monday with joy and blessings in their heart. In your darling son, Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I pray that you guys have a beautiful, blessed day. Enjoy your weekend. Make sure you guys get in church or at least watch church or do something with the church. See if how where you can serve and where God has called you. If you do not know your purpose, nor what God has called you to do, pray, ask him to reveal it. He is waiting on your obedience and asking for his permission because he cannot enter your life without your permission. Okay. Because he is giving us free will. He loves us so much that he wants us to love him on our own and gives us free will. I love you guys so, so, so much. You guys have a beautiful, beautiful, blessed weekend. And I will see you guys on Monday. Bye, you guys. Have a beautiful one. Bye, y'all.